0: Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Everything and Nothing. Um, it's me, your lovely host, Jaden Scalise. Um If you're back again for another episode, thank you. I really appreciate the support. Um so today's topic, I don't know if people are gonna like it. I'm honestly kind of up in the air. Um, but I'm I realize I'm super passionate about this topic and I just, I've been thinking about it like literally all week, so I kind of just want to get it out there. Um, I may nerd out on this, just a fair warning, but um, I find it all really fascinating and really relevant um, to today. So, topic for today. Um, (laughs) Plants? I don't know. Okay, um, plants, but the medical uses of plants and psychedelics in medicine and therapy. Does that make sense to everyone? Um, probably not. You're actually all probably thinking, Jaden, what are you even saying? Psychedelics in, in the same sentence as medicine and therapy? You're bananas. Um, no, I'm actually not. And I very much think that I am right in my position on this topic, but, um, how did I even come across this? Um, Good question. Well, I've always kind of had an interest in, obviously I love psychology, but I've always kind of had an interest on how, I don't know, like quote unquote drugs affect that. But I'm not even talking about drugs. I'm talking about like natural medicines, basically. Um, But I was watching like various Netflix documentaries. I had already watched some before, like Have a Good Trip, um, The Grass is Greener, um, other ones based around um, psychedelics or cannabis, um, just to get like a history behind it, I guess, because I was really fascinated by it. But this week, I watched a documentary that just came out called How to Change Your Mind. It's on Netflix. I think that everybody and their mother should watch it because It just, it's so fascinating and I feel like it like opened my eyes to a lot of new things. Um, So I watched that one and I also watched one called Weed the People. Like, like we the people, but weed. Um, Which is all about how cannabis was used to help kids who had cancer. Um, And like the whole story behind it, how it helped them, um, the ways that people are fighting to get it approved for more medical use and blah 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 whatever but i watched those two this week and i literally was blown away i had no it just left me absolutely speechless and also very angry angry at the fucking government angry at richard nixon for one (laughs) richard nixon can literally suck my dick but um i just became really angry that these these plants and these natural remedies were never they like people stopped researching them and they were just kind of classified as oh those are bad drugs those do bad things don't use them instead of say saying like okay wait let's let's pause here let's actually look at what these plants could have to offer so that is pretty much what the documentaries talked about but before I get into that, I just kinda wanna go into the history of um these medicines and plants because it's been a like kind of a rocky history. Like when I think of um things like marijuana and magic mushrooms and LSD, when I think of those, I immediately think of those are bad drugs. Period. Pier- well, okay, I used to. But I would have thought like, no, those are bad drugs. Um, like, I would probably equate them to, like, I don't know, cocaine or like something like that. But that's because that's all that I know. That's all that I was taught in school. That's all our society really pushed for. But what's funny is before that, for thousands yes, thousands of years, people used these plants for medicine to heal. Yes, to heal. And yes, you can use LSD to heal. But these people who used it thousands of years ago, I'm talking Romans, I'm talking Greeks, I'm talking natives. I'm like quite literally any culture you can imagine besides fucking America was using these to heal um, and as part of a medicine. Um, But in the United States, probably... In the 19, like 1900s before the 1900s, I would say, people were using some of these things like cannabis and like psilocybin and psilocybin is what the official term is for like magic mushrooms. But people were using these, these like now referred to as bad drugs to heal or in everyday medicine. And... No one ever fucking talks about it, especially in the United States. Um, but it, it's weird because before all of these you know drugs got banned and stuff, the United States was actually doing studies on the uses of LSD cannabis, psilocybin to discover their medical purposes so people in these labs. Like people didn't just like pick up a, a cannabis plant and looked at it and said, oh, that's bad. That that's bad. No, they it it just it was just a thing that existed. You know, they got into the labs, they isolated the THC and people were just interested like, hmm, I wonder what this does. It wasn't like, a, oh, shit, that's bad. Ban that shit. Never let it out of this lab. It was just a thing that existed. And so, of course, people were like, well, let's see if it could be used for anything. So they did try to see how it would help medically. They tried to see how it would help people dealing with mental illness in psychiatry. It just, this was a common thing before the war on drugs was declared by a bitch named Richard Nixon. Um. (laughs) I could go on and on about why I think he is a root cause of many problems, um, surrounding drugs, but before that even happened, um, the first kind of drug that was chosen to be, I'm not going to rephrase, the first plant that was kind of chosen to be, um, targeted was marijuana. And okay, the bottom line here is that I'm going to eventually get to is these plants, were targeted based on racism. And you're going to be thinking, Jaden, what the fuck? That doesn't even make sense. Yes, it does. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, Starting off in the 1920s, like 1910s, 1920s, there were a a ton of Latino and um, Mexican immigrants coming into the United States. And, you know, as Americans do, they were extremely xenophobic towards these people. Um, but these, you know, these Latino people, these immigrants brought in, you know, something called marijuana. It was something that they had used before for natural remedies, for spiritual practices, for whatever they needed. It just happened to be there. Um, But people saw it and they were like no, that's bad. That is horrible. And they would basically attack the ethnicity of the people. They would say these, quote, Mexicans brought over an evil drug. They brought over an evil plant that makes you go crazy and makes you go mad and want to jump off cliffs and stuff like that. And like these Mexicans, these Latino people are bad no (laughs) that's not it at all you're just looking for an excuse to be xenophobic towards these people and you want to have a legitimate reason to be mad at them and want to say like quote like kick them out of the country or whatever so the first laws to go in effect around drugs were anti-marijuana laws which started in the mid in the midwest and the southwest because of this, does that sound familiar? <laughs> because it should, um, especially with the whole crisis at the border that we had for the past couple of years. Um, does history repeat itself? Yes, it fucking does, just in different situations. The target at that time in the 1900s was cannabis, the target two years ago, uh, immigration children I don't know pick one um so this isn't this isn't surprising to me but what really picked up was the war on drugs um which started with Richard Nixon in the 70s um so this again unsurprisingly was extremely racially motivated um (laughs) the documentary that I think really does a good job of showing this it's called um the grass is greener it's on Netflix too um give it a watch I found it extremely interesting and it basically just breaks down how the war on drugs and specifically on cannabis was was so racially motivated it is like crazy to think now that we don't we don't see that you know um but Nixon the 70s Um, this was a time when, um, there had already been a civil rights movement. Obviously, if you know your American history, I definitely don't, I didn't take a push. So don't, don't come for me if I'm wrong in these facts, but, um, in the seventies, there was already the civil rights movement, you know, segregation was no longer a thing. Um, it was determined that all men were created equal, like, okay, whatever, um but people were still racist it's not like you're going to say oh segregation's over and everyone's going to be like oh my god i'm no longer racist no that's not how it works but the president at the time richard nixon and other people in very high positions of power were kind of thinking hmm how do i still target these minorities that i am racist towards without you know violating the new civil rights laws well what a question and the answer was drugs the answer was plants um especially marijuana was at the center of this um so you what did they what did they do nixon started he went on tv actually on june 17th of 1971 which is my birthday i don't know like fast forward what is it 31 years later yeah um coincidence i think not when he initiated the war on drugs people were thinking yes that's great we don't want our kids using drugs but honestly it was just it was just it was just an excuse to be racist um again, watch the documentary. It does a great job of explaining it a lot better than I do. Um, But that just just sets the premise for this. And um, because of this, there were these plants such as psilocybin mushrooms, such as cannabis, that were now became schedule one drugs. So if you don't know what that means, It's basically a way that the DEA orders the harmfulness and the dangers of whatever fucking drugs are out there. And Schedule 1 is the highest. The highest. The highest possibility for addiction. The highest possibility for, like, danger. The highest possibility for quite literally everything. Every risk. And especially the key phrase is that there are no known medical uses for such drug which what the fuck that doesn't make any fucking sense because in the 50s and before that you were doing hella research on the medical uses of marijuana and psilocybin and lsd and mdma so what the fuck why are you saying now that you don't know of of any medical no medical uses again racism super great um so now still to this day these plants are still a schedule one drug, which, which we will get into because I have a lot to say about that. But in order to get this schedule one drug removed, say that you're like, yeah, like psilocybin, not a, not a, not a schedule one. Let's, let's take off the list. Well, then you have to have research to prove that there are medical uses for it. But funny enough, They won't fucking fund you for research and they won't allow you to conduct studies on these Schedule 1 drugs. So then you're kind of stuck in this hole of, well, I want to conduct a study on this drug, but you won't let me because it's a Schedule 1 drug. But if I want to get it off the Schedule 1 list, then I have to do research on it. What the fuck? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Make it make sense to me because it doesn't. So if you have to basically figure out like this way around all of this and you have to have funding for a study and be able to conduct a study that the government won't fund, um, that will be extremely hard to get approval to use the Schedule I drug in a study. So then what are you going to do? There's quite literally no way around it. So <laughs> these, I'm going to remind you, these are fucking plants. These are plants that grow out of the goddamn ground these are nature. And I don't I know, you're going to be like, "Jaden, you're you're being that preachy bitch that's like, "Oh, it's only plants. Plants only heal. This is all natural, natural remedies." Okay, I understand that. I am a very firm believer in science. If you know me, you know that. And of course, I'm like, "Yes, medicine, that shit has to be supported by facts. Like facts only. I'm not I'm not just like this you know, oh, natural remedies only, like, let me go put on some essential oils. No, I, I don't care about that. But what I do care about is the science behind these plants that makes sense. It makes sense that they have a good medical use. It makes sense that they're helping people with cancer, that they are helping people with mental illness. Like, this makes sense. And again, all fucking natural. I'm just gonna, th- <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that in there. So, these are all plants and the government says yeah fuck these drugs fuck them they don't have any medical use but damn you know what good drugs are these ones that we made in the lab and they're called opioids (laughs) the government's like yeah these are fucking good drugs take these take this oxy take this percocet take this xanax and it's going to heal you and what happened it caused a fucking opioid epidemic so good job America, once again, stellar work from you. Um and these opioid um overdoses, which it it usually is the cause of death from opiates, is overdose, a lot of the times accidental overdose. But these cause around a hundred thousand deaths per year. One hundred thousand. One hundred thousand. I'm gonna say that again, a hundred thousand deaths. But guess how many deaths there were by car accidents in 2021. 42,000. Still tragic. But 42,000 deaths by car accidents compared to 100,000 deaths by overdosing on opiates. Make that make sense. Make it make sense that we're still giving out these pills like fucking candy. I can go and get my Wisdom teeth removed, and they will send me home with a bottle of Oxy. So, to put that in perspective, all of these deaths are occurring with drugs that society and the government have said these are good drugs. Obviously, that opinion is changing now because of the opioid epidemic and how many deaths it has caused due to overdose. But then they're still saying, yo, fuck these damn plants, fuck those mushrooms, fuck those leaves that are on that. Marijuana plant, fuck those. They're evil. But then they go hand out all these pills like it's fucking Halloween. Ugh, I just, can you tell I'm frustrated by this? It just, it like literally frustrates me so much. What's funny is a lot of people are like, drugs, you're gonna get fucking addicted to them. You're gonna get hooked and then it's gonna ruin your life. Yeah, if you're talking about heroin, if you're talking about meth, hell yeah, that's gonna ruin your life. You're gonna be addicted as fuck but psilocybin and cannabis no addictive properties you cannot overdose on mushrooms or cannabis Do- <laughs> but if you even slightly go over your recommended opioid intake you could be threatening to basically overdose um again make that make sense um But, you know, I will say that um, these plants such as psilocybin and especially cannabis can lead to dependency. And you're going to be like, Jane, what the fuck? What's the difference between addiction and dependency? Well, dependency is mostly like, yeah, when I, you know, it helps me eat or like if I, if I smoke, it helps me eat or I have a better appetite. Or if I smoke, then I have a, I sleep better. It's stuff like that. That's, that's called dependency, if you overuse that and are continuously using large amounts of cannabis to help you sleep, help you eat, you, like go about your day, then that becomes dependency. But addiction is something extremely fundamental in the brain, which I'm gonna explain. If you have no interest in science at this point, like why are you even listening? Um, but i'm gonna I'm gonna go into it a little bit. So, let's say that you enjoy using cocaine. Great. Well, cocaine increases your level of dopamine. And I think you all should know that dopamine is like the half, it makes you happy. In simplest terms, it makes you happy. So you, you're basically ingesting dopamine. Like it's basically just Outside dopamine coming in, like flooding your system. So that's why you can feel really happy, really excited, whatever. But the problem is, if you continue to ingest this cocaine and you continue to supply your body with an exorbitant amount of dopamine over and over and over, then your body's going to say, hey, no problem. We got so much dopamine, we don't even have to make it anymore. So your body will then stop to make that dopamine to naturally make it yourself cuz we all have dopamine we all have serotonin we all have that in our in our bloodstream in our fucking brains already and we make it ourselves but if you have so much coming from the outside then your brain's like i don't need to make it anymore super chill i'm just going to kick back and take in all of this dopamine from the outside but then what happens when you stop taking taking that dopamine so you stop using coke well then your brand's gonna be like dude what the fuck where's all the dopamine now like I stopped making it I didn't need to so why is there none now that is what addiction is because then you're like oh I need it again and I need it again and I need it again on a biological level this isn't just like a, a mind thing like a oh man I, I love doing coke like I'm, I'm gonna keep doing that every day no it's like on a physical biological level you need that dopamine from the outside. And how do you get that? Cocaine, other substances that you're addicted to. That's addiction. And again, it is, it also is a mental illness. Trust me, I completely understand that. But on a a biological level, it's, it's honestly really shocking. I mean, Take like one neuroscience class in your life. Just just try it for fun. I think you learn a lot. So what I find funny is that people are like, oh, yeah, fuck cannabis. Fuck that shit. That's bad for you. It rots your brain. But what's funny is we have cannabinoid receptors in our brains. So cannabinoids are a class of like molecules um, in A cannabis plant, or we have natural ones inside of us, which are called endocannabinoids, and this is like our body's own version, which fits into those cannabinoid receptors. And these endocannabinoids—I'm sorry, this is a lot of words. I hope you're keeping up with me. Um, But so these endocannabinoids that our body makes naturally affect appetite and our mood and pain tolerance. Which is why it makes perfect sense that cannabis could be used for treatments which involve appetite, mood, and pain management. Example, if you have an eating disorder where you don't eat enough and you can't, you don't have the appetite, guess what could help? Some small doses of cannabis. And it doesn't even have to be, you don't even have to fucking smoke it if you don't want to. Cannabis oil, which is talked about in the documentary Weed the People is what cancer patients use. And it's when I say it is the size of a sesame seed, a sesame seed. That's the amount of oil that you just—you literally just put under your tongue. And that could completely change the way that you operate. It could help you regain an appetite. It could help you balance out your mood. It could help you manage pain. Which is what it did for these cancer patients. And I just find that so crazy, fascinating that cannabis fits into these receptors that we already have in our brains and can help us like deal with a lot of fucking shit that is a very large problem a very large problem in our country. eating disorders, mood disorders, pain management. those are like uh, like top three like, big three those are the fucking fuck the big four these are the big three um so why again aren't we funding research for this now if i haven't convinced you already um i'm gonna go on to explain how it can be used to physically treat cancer like how cannabis can be used to to eliminate tumors and you're like what the fuck that doesn't make any sense like man, I thought it was just for like pain management. No. Um, There are actually studies. (laughs) You're probably like, where? Not in the fucking United States. Um, Israel. Israel has allowed medical marijuana for years. And because of that, they fund research on it and on its various uses in the medical field, including cancer. So in the documentary, Weed the People... They talk about this one specific study in Israel, and it's where they took cancer cells from like colon cancer and breast cancer, and then they took healthy cells from the colon or breast cells, and then they placed them in, you know, two separate categories. One would be getting no treatment whatsoever, and the other set would be getting um, cannabis as like put in the same petri dish so what were the results you might ask cannabis had no effect on the healthy cells no effect on healthy colon cells no effect on healthy breast cells but with the cancerous cells it started to eliminate the cancer cells in the colon cancer and the breast cancer those cancerous cel- cells started to disappear started to fucking disappear. So why aren't we funding this again? Um, I don't know. And just to go into the science, again, I need to go into the science on this because I find it so interesting. If you don't want to talk about this, if you are scarred by f- biology class from high school, skip about 10 seconds of this. But the, basically, the cells, all healthy cells, all living cells, we have this checkpoint that our cells go through basically just to make sure that the cell is healthy and is not mutating and is doing its job correctly. And if it's not, then the cell basically, for lack of a better term, kills itself, um, which is called apoptosis. I just think that word is really funny in general. um, So I like to use it. So these cells basically commit apoptosis (laughs) Um, and they just basically destroy themselves and what is tragic is cancer cells don't they don't go through these checkpoints or if they do they're overlooked and they're they're seen as oh yeah that's a healthy healthy cell instead of like oh damn man that's fucking cancer so then they're allowed to divide and multiply and go basically under the radar until like doctors catch it that's why it's hard to be you get caught in like stage four cancer because these cells are just dividing 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 and they don't know that they're cancerous or the body doesn't know you know um but what cannabis does and what it showed in this study was that cannabis made sure that the cancerous cells went through the cell cycle and went through these checkpoints and were basically flagged as like the this one doesn't seem right <laughs> and when that happens they die like again apoptosis and cannabis did that again that's just the science behind it that's fucking science that's like cold hard facts you can look up the study I again encourage you to watch this documentary weed the people because it gives like such a good explanation but that just proves that cannabis does have medical uses medical uses on fucking cancer if you were going to pick any fucking disease in this country to gain attention it would be cancer and it's still it's it's you know kind of looked down upon to get cannabis as a treatment especially for children, because people are like, oh my god, you're giving your kid pot? Like, what the fuck? But no, you're giving them a sesame seed worth of cannabis oil. And if it helps them keep their cancer at bay, or keep it in check, or hopefully shrink their tumors, then hell yeah, we should be able to do that. And everybody should have that option. So once again, fund the damn research. But to do that, you have to get off schedule one. And again, putting this in perspective, cannabis, LSD, mescaline, MDMA, those are all quote-unquote drugs that have been used in the past and have been studied in the past to have beneficial effects on health, physical health, but also a lot on mental health. Yet they are all schedule one drugs with no, no medical use. But you know what's funny? Xanax, Valium, Ativan are all schedule four. Schedule four. Cannabis is schedule one while Xanax is schedule four. That is... Do you understand the addictive properties of Xanax compared to cannabis? Pretty much, you can't even fucking compare them. And to add on to that, these schedule, quote, schedule one drugs are in the same class as heroin. Heroin. Isn't that funny that cannabis is an LSD and psilocybin are compared to heroin yeah that that doesn't make sense to me either um and again to make it worse cannabis is a class higher than meth than meth (laughs) what the fuck I'm sorry what the actual fuck this doesn't make any fucking sense are we living in like the 70s again why hasn't this been updated? And you can check, you can go onto the DEA's website. You can look at the schedule 1 drugs. And you'll see right there that we have made no fucking progress. So next I kind of want I've talked about it. I've mentioned it, but I kind of want to go into the use of psychedelics in therapy in psychology, psychiatry because I think that's honestly where I find a lot of my passion. I'm super passionate about mental health. um, But specifically for like these new um, therapies that could be extremely beneficial to people. Um, It may be seen as like non-traditional, but they still have the same effects, if not better than traditional medicine. So what's awesome about these And again, I'm just going to list the ones. Cannabis, LSD, mescaline, and MDMA. Those are the ones that were talked about in the documentary, um, How to Change Your Mind. And so those are the ones I'm going to focus on here because that's what I know best here. Um, But those were used in low doses. Like, you know, only two sessions, or 3 sessions. That means 3 separate times going in and having a psilocybin session or having an LSD session or MDMA session. Those those singular times have effects that last years. That last a fucking lifetime. If you don't believe me, watch the fucking documentary. Listen to the stories of these people who have been struggling with their mental health for their entire lives, and then one trip with psilocybin or LSD or MDMA, and they feel like a different person. They feel like they have their lives back. That, that is quite literally invaluable. That is, again, an answer to a problem that we have seen growing in this country for far too long depression, anxiety, suicide. Do you know how many deaths are caused a year by suicide alone? I'm going to look it up because I I need to prove this point. Okay. According to the World Health Organization, there are almost 800,000 deaths from suicide worldwide. That is one suicide every 40 seconds. Every 40 seconds. This number is l- quite literally staggering to me. I I I mean, I'm going to go into it in a later episode, but these numbers related to suicide really affect me and really aggravate me and make me really fucking sad. Um but trying to relate this to the topic we're talking about today. These Deaths. This struggle with mental illness could have been, I'm not gonna say prevented, but helped with natural remedies like psilocybin and LSD and MDMA. How many other times am I gonna have to fucking say this? It it just makes so much sense that you only have one, two, three times that you take this quote unquote drug. And you have insane long-term lasting effects. But this isn't a good economic model for big pharmaceutical companies. So, of course, why would they, why would they fund this research? Why would they encourage this? Because all it's going to do is give them low profits. Because there, are, people are would only need this quote-unquote drug once, twice, three times in their life that that's not a good business model. Any of the business majors out there can say this is not a good business model. But you know what is pushing antidepressants, SSRIs, anxiety meds. This is known as like traditional treatment. And I'm not hating on it. I'm not. This is just this is just like comparing the two. I I am on my own little schedule of antidepressants and SSRIs. And I can say that they did help me a lot. They did help me a lot. But I don't want to be taking them for my entire fucking life or extended periods of time, like years and years and years. I mean, I've already been on them for probably, what, a year and a half at this point. But still, wouldn't it be better if I could just have one session where I take this one quote unquote drug And I have lasting effects. Like, yeah, most definitely. And (laughs) the thing is that only 50% of people with mental illness respond to traditional treatment, which is like medication, talk therapy, etc. But the other 50% have a much harder time getting better. And they're called, quote, treatment resistant. So they need to find new ways to cope. And (laughs) the right answer in my mind is go straight for the psychedelics lovingly i think that's the answer now you're also probably like Jane. you haven't even told us how the fuck these psychedelics help like what do they do again i'm going to ask you please go watch the documentary even just one episode it's like 45 minutes out of your life watch one episode and you can see but to put it in like short simple terms these psychedelics such as i'm going to say it again one more time i know you guys love it lsd mescaline mdma psilocybin these plants and psychedelics basically allow you to reflect on your own life from a different perspective (laughs) you literally you just have to like hear somebody's story from this documentary because i can't explain it because i've never had this experience but it's basically like looking at your life from third third person point of view going through all of those traumatic memories that you have from a third person point of view or Going through it, but not feeling so emotionally charged throughout it. It basically just gives you clarity and allows you to understand what really matters to you and process all of those memories that you had stored for so long. And that's why people say that they come out of these experiences with a completely different perspective on life. And they feel lasting effects, lasting effects for years after because they've come to an understanding in that session or in that trip about themselves, which has helped alleviate some of their pressure from mental illness. There was specifically one guy in the documentary who was suffering super bad with OCD, super bad, and he was willing to try anything. So he did a psilocybin treatment. And he went into this and he had this insanely beautiful experience and came out of it. And those OCD tendencies no longer seemed important to him. They didn't hold as much weight to him. So by by three treatments, he no longer qualified in the DSM-5, which is basically the fucking mental health handbook. He no longer qualified for having OCD. Do do you understand how big that is? Like that takes years, decades of work, decades of work. And by that point, you're probably just minimizing it. You're probably not even, you know, curing it. But this is what he experienced he had with just fucking some mushrooms. I See, like this is what I'm talking about that this doesn't get enough attention like at all. Because this is some life-changing, significant shit that we aren't even exploring. You know, there are other countries that are. Switzerland, hey, shout out to you. You're doing good. You're researching this shit. Israel, hey, shout out. Also doing good shit. But the United States is so far behind and so lacking in this because we are so stuck in our ways. Because we are so stuck in that thinking of oh drugs are bad I'm never doing drugs drugs are bad those drugs specifically those are bad when really it's just a bunch of (laughs) internalized racism and years of prejudice and refusing to think any other way but the way that we did in the fucking 70s as we can all see lots has changed since then so why aren't our medical practices changing with it 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 just I don't know I just see so much potential that's not being explored and I would really love to change that so if you see me one day on fucking CNN saying hey weed for all then you know that I've done my job <laughs> and you, okay you're probably thinking oh like Jaden you're only you're only fucking saying this because you're a stoner and you just want to smoke weed all day no no I'm saying this because I don't want to be depressed anymore. I don't want to be anxious anymore. And I don't want to be reliant on a bunch of fucking medicine for the rest of my life. I'm tired of it. I'm only fucking 20 years old, and I'm already tired of it. So why can we not explore other choices? Why? Why is that? Why is that so taboo? Why is that so literally illegal? It just it doesn't make sense. And unless you Have been in a position like I am, or have a loved one who has been in a position like this with cancer, with disease, with mental health, with suicide ideation. Unless you have been in those positions, you just don't, you kind of don't understand the insanely significant effects that these plants can have for us in the future. And again, before I end this episode, I'm going to encourage you, like, honestly beg you to watch these documentaries I'm going to say the titles again how to change your mind on Netflix weed the people on Netflix grass is greener on Netflix all of these are on Netflix I know you all have it go watch it watch 10 minutes of it 20 minutes of it I don't care just watch some of it because it honestly changed my perspective on a lot of things and I hope that other people can see the significance of what those documentaries talk about um yeah. So <laughs> this was a long uh not my longest but a longish episode. I I'm super passionate about this stuff. Um and you know, even though some people don't really give a fuck about science or medicine or whatever. Totally fine. Don't listen. Skip ahead. I don't care. But I needed to get this out there. I needed to know that I spoke about this. I used my voice to at least advocate for something that I believe in. Um, so this is that (laughs) I'm going to die on this hill. I'm going to, I believe in it so much. Um, yeah, thanks for listening guys. If you made it this far, you're, you're a fucking G you are, you are a, a dear friend because this was a lot to get through. And especially with all of my science references and apoptosis and cell division, like thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, again, if you have any suggestions on what you want to hear, um, or any questions you want to ask me my Instagram, shameless plug at Jaden Scalise. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to end it there. My hand is literally cramping from holding this mic for so long. Um, so yeah. Okay. Bye guys. See you later.